Satan, you have no control. You have no ability to stop this message. Just because you can invade technology doesn't mean you can invade the Word of God. Holy Spirit, I want you to take control. I fight the battle today. And I will be victorious by the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. I will be victorious by the hand of God. Lord, I want you to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is a good God. And I'm believing him for victory. I want to talk for a few minutes today and over the next month on the weapons of our warfare. Today, specifically, I want to talk about the idea that we are more than flesh. That we are more than flesh. I want you to open your Bibles with me. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 1 through 6. I know the first slide said 1 Corinthians, but that's okay. I'm telling you, the devil is fighting me this morning. I need some prayer warriors fighting. Pick me up, Sarah. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6 says this. Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some, who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the, abo- to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would lead us in your word. Lead us in your power and lead us in your anointing. Let your strength, let your anointing, and let your power fill our, fill our hearts and fill our lives. And Lord, I ask that you would send your victory, send your anointing, and send your peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. The weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare are more than fleshly. Oh, I got to be honest with you. I wish that you could come into the house today and you could get saved and I could give you a tangible, touchable, spiritual weapon. 
I wish that I could lead you on a training course of how to use that spiritual weapon. That it would be something fleshly that we could understand. But Paul says that our weapons are not carnal, but are powerful for the pulling down of strongholds. I believe that the challenges that we are facing in our church right now, unless you be blind, unless you're blind and you don't think we're going through a battle, we're going through a battle. We are fighting. For our faith, we're fighting for our families, we're fighting for our church. And if we don't stand up and start the fight, we're going to lose the battle. Pastor, you're supposed to encourage us. No, I'm not. I'm supposed to tell you the truth. If we don't start fighting the fight... We, not me. We. I'm going to change some things in our church. One of the things that I'm going to change is I'm going to quit talking about members in our church. And I'm going to start talking about the ministers of our church. The next time I do a membership class, it's going to be a ministry class. I'm going to at some point ask everybody that's already here to go through a new class. And we're going to, only way new members are going to be able to become ministers is if they become ministers. Pastor, what do you mean? We got to preach? No. I'm the pulpit preacher. We've got a few others. But you're the ministers. You're the ones who carry the word of God into the streets. And we've gotten way too comfortable saying, I belong to this church. I'm a part of this church. I sit and endure the pastor's preaching. I put money in the offering plate. I'm good to go. No. We've got to be more than flesh. We've got to be more than flesh. We've got to start stepping out and fighting the fight against the devil in our daily lives. We don't need a religion. We need a relationship. We don't need somebody else to fight for us. We need to stand up and fight for ourselves. When I was a kid, my best friend one day wouldn't let me. We were playing with my wagon. But he wouldn't get out of the wagon. He made me pull him. And I kept saying, it's my turn. He says, no. And I got mad. And I threw the handle of my wagon down. And I walked into my house. I said, daddy. Jeff won't give me my turn in the wagon. Some of you are going to get mad at my daddy right now. And my daddy looked at me and says, well, son. Go out there and take your turn in that wagon. 
And I said, Dad, he'll beat me up. And you know what my dad said? My dad said, son, you got a choice. You can go out there and take your chances with Jeff, who's your size, maybe even a little smaller. Or me and you can go to the bathroom and I'll whip you myself. And I went, oh, oh. And I walked out there and I said to Jeff, you give me my turn. And he said, no. And I took the wagon and I flipped it over. He rolled out on the ground and I stood over him and he went, okay. Pastor, why do you tell that story? Because some of you keep running to your daddy, keep running to God, you run to your pastor. I can't make it through this. You need to fight this for me. And somewhere we got to stand up and say, listen, you've got the tools, you've got the weapons, go fight the devil yourself. He didn't leave you unprepared. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Quit running around like you have no ability, you have no power, you have no strength, and go defeat the enemy. I got to get to my sermon. We're more than flesh. Paul's writing here, and he says, When I write to you, I'm bold. But when I come to you in person, I'm timid. Paul sounds like me. I don't write to you, but when I preach, I'm in your face. I'm bold. I'm, ah! But most of you know that when you get me outside this pulpit, I'm like, well, let's see how we can work through this. I'm much more timid. Paul says, listen. I want you to help me because when I come to you, there's a few of you I want to be bold with. You know what that means? Paul was saying there's a few people that when I get there, my plan, I want to bop them upside the head. He says, but listen to this. He says, I want to be bold with them when I get there. But I beg you that when I'm present that I may not be bold with the, with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Some of us, some people are thinking of us as if we walked according to the flesh. You know there's people out there Say they won't come to church because church is full of hypocrites. You know what they're saying? They're just like everybody else there. One of the biggest battles we have in the church is people think we're fleshly. They look at us and they say, they're just like us. We've come to a place in the church where we think the only way we can reach the world is become worldly. Mm. I'm going to... I don't even... I saw a post on Facebook this week made me mad. 
I don't even know the guy, but it angered me. I was a minister and had a very vulgar post. And supposedly there was some reason behind it. And there was, there, he was trying to reach people. I got news for you. If we have to go to the vulgarity to reach people, we're not reaching them with the gospel of truth. I saw another place on Facebook today, and I know many churches battle with whether or not it's a sin or not. But I, I saw a place where they were talking about how that churches are now serving beer to attract people. I got news for you. If we've got to step outside the truth, then we're not preaching the truth. We have enough people out there thinking that we walk according to flesh. You know why? Because we give them that impression. Instead of being gracious, instead of being uh, anointed and called by God, instead of preaching the truth, we put on a show. You know why we had to battle so much with the spirit of worship? You know how, why we had to battle so much getting people to work? Because we've turned worship into a concert. Worship was never intended to be a concert. It was not intended to be a show. Worship is our time to get in the presence of our God. We come before his presence with thanksgiving. We enter his court with praise. We bring our voices and we praise. When David brought the Ark of the Covenant back, he circled it with worshipers to serve as a veil to keep the judgment of God out of the nation. But when worship becomes a concert... It becomes something we can just watch. It becomes something that we just, oh, hi. You know why many people think that we walk according to the flesh? Because we walk according to the flesh. Many people see us and they don't see our hearts. They don't see our passion. They don't see our strength. But when they look at us, they think that we're just like them. And if we're just like them, we are weak. He says, some who think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. But then I like this next thing. For though we walk in the flesh, though, you know what he says? Some people think we walk according to the flesh. And we walk according to the flesh. I got news for you. When you gave your heart to God, your name was written down in glory and you took a down payment. God took possession of your life. And he's prepared for you a new body. That will be seen when he comes back. And man, I can't wait to see it. I believe that new body is going to be about 195 pounds. It's going to have feet that can feel stuff. When I get to heaven, I'm telling you, I'm walking around barefoot everywhere. I'm going to be like, oh, that feels so good. I'll be walking around, ah, oh, that's what grass feels like. That's what it means not to hurt because I hurt every time I stand on my feet. Mm, I'm not even going to go there.
I'll save that for another sermon. It's amazing to me. I stand up the entire service with feet that hurt me so bad I can't hardly stand it. And some people can't stand up five minutes for worship. Ooh. Ooh. I said I wasn't going to go there, and then I went there. We walk according to the flesh. We are bound by this body. I've got a heavenly body coming, but right now, I'm bound by this body. I'm bound by the neuropathy in my feet. I'm bound by the pain in my knees. I'm bound by an insatiable hunger to eat all the foods I'm not supposed to eat. I am bound by this body. I'm bound by this body that sometimes gets angry. I'm bound by this body that sometimes has a little road rage. I'm bound to this body that that, that struggles and, and hurts. But listen, my fleshly body is not who I am. Paul says it this way. says, for though we walk in the flesh... Make sure I read that right. For though we walk in the flesh, though we we suffer, though we have the limitations, though we have the pains of the flesh, that is not who we are. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Mm. We do not war according to the flesh. We may walk according to the flesh, but we don't fight according to the flesh. Can I tell you, there's a lot of churches out there that need to hear this sermon. Of all the struggles that we have, we don't have a whole lot of troubles with people fighting in the church. But I'm going to tell you something. We got a lot of people fighting with other people. We're fighting with family members. We're fighting with neighbors. We're fighting with Walmart. We're fighting with people we don't even know that drive too slow in front of us. We're fighting with our kids who won't cut their hair. We're fighting. We're fighting with our kids who drop their dog off at your house and then go and live in the Caribbean. We, 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 we tend to try to fight in the flesh that we live in. But Paul says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I am not asking you to go to battle against the devil by your strength. You can't, you can't stand against the devil. And our problem is too many of us have taken the idea, I can't do it. You're like I was as a little boy running into my daddy. Saying, Daddy, I can't do it. I can't stand up to him. I can't do it. I'm not big enough. I'm too scrawny. I'm too And I was, I was a scrawny little thing. Some of you remember what Michael looked like back before they got him on insulin. He was skin and bone, six foot one back in those days and 150 pounds. It's hard to remember that now, ain't it, anyway? Uh, but all of a sudden, I was afraid because in my own strength, I didn't think I had the power. 
Our problem is we keep running around and whining to Jesus. I can't do it, God. The devil's too big. He's too mean. He's too ugly. He's got too many things going for him. And God keeps saying, will you hear me? I've prepared a way for you. I've given you strength. I've given you ability. I've given you power. Though you walk in the flesh, you don't war according to flesh. Though you are a fleshly being, when you walk in the battle against the devil, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you authority. And I'm going to give you strength that you don't know. Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. Our weapons are not weapons of this world. We don't have to go against the devil with guns and knives and bows and arrows. We don't have to fight the devil with swords and spears. Praise God and hallelujah. It took me four years to hit a deer. I got news for you. I'm not a marksman. But God said, you don't have to fight the devil with a gun. You don't have to fight the devil with a sword. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. But listen to what he says. He says they're not carnal. They're not fleshly but mighty in God. They are mighty in God. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Mighty in God. Our weapons are mighty in God. That means that every time we step out with a weapon, a spiritual weapon, we're not just using a weapon. We are using God himself. Those weapons are inside of him. They are a part of him. And when we fight the battle with the weapons that are mighty in God, they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. I got news for you, church. There's some strongholds around. And we need to let God pull those strongholds down. We need to let the weapons of God strengthen us so that we can attack him. Well, pastor, what are these weapons? Well, there are a lot of weapons, but we're going to talk about four of them this month. I'm going to give you a little overview, but each week this month, the rest of this month, we're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare. He says here, he says that our weapons are not carnal, but are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. You know what pulls down the strongholds in our lives? Prayer. When we pray, we defeat the enemy especially intercessory prayer. We begin to intercede for people. See, I'm not talking about selfish prayer. The reason some of our lives are so weak is the only time we pray is when we pray for me. God, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. 
See, see, Michael's here. He can, he can, he can say amen here. When, when we would, he was growing up, he was little. If we were in a store and they wanted something, and they kept whining about it, did you get it? We were talking about this last week. There were times we'd go someplace and maybe we'd go to McDonald's. And we'd tell them that if they were good, we'd get dessert. And if they wasn't good, they were throwing a fit. They were whining. I want an ice cream. I want an ice cream. Me and Beth would get an ice cream, and they would watch us eat it. I'm telling you, we were mean. We were mean. You know why? Because I told them that you don't get anything for whining. Let me tell you something. If all you ever do in your prayer is ask for things for you, then maybe you need to change the way you pray. If you notice your prayers aren't being answered, start asking God, why are they not? And start noticing how you're praying. If it's always give me, give me, give me, start using the weapon God gave you. Start interceding for others. Start reaching out and fighting the spiritual battle and see if God won't give you the things you need by nature. Our weapons are mighty for the pulling down a stronghold. Next week we're going to talk about the weapon of prayer. How to use the weapon of prayer. As an every weapon I'm going to talk about this this month, none of them are defensive. I am tired of defensive churches. We're going to become an offensive church. I said offensive, not offensive. Well, we may be offensive to some too. But we're going on the offense. We're going on the attack. We're going to talk next week about how to use the weapon of prayer. He says... That our weapons are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments. Casting down arguments. Two weeks from now, we're going to talk. Actually, let me finish this. It's casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Two weeks from now, we're going to talk about the weapon of praise. Now, praise and worship are two different things. Praise is a celebration. Worship is a worth-ship. They go together, but they're different things. When we begin to cast down the thoughts, we begin to cast down things that lift themselves up against God. Instead of praising football teams and NASCAR drivers and jobs and families and wives and husbands and kids, we start praising God. We start lifting him above everything else. We start using our praise as an offensive weapon. We will drive out those things that try to rise up as idols in our life. I got news for you. One of the problems we have in the church today is we come to church like the Old Testament people and we bring all of our other gods in with us and we think because we come here and we worship this God, we can go home and worship the God of money and we can worship the God of prosperity and we can worship the God of entertainment and we can worship the God of this and the God of that and we think that we can have all these gods working at one time. But when we begin to praise the one true living God as a weapon, we start putting down the other gods that take time out of our life. Then it goes on, and it says, 
It says, bringing every thought into captivity. Three weeks from today, we're going to talk about worship. The worship of God. Bringing our thoughts into captivity to understand that everything we have tells us more about how good God is. About how much he's worth. How much he's worth. Pastor, you got a sermon on praise and a sermon on worship? That's right, because I'm going to tell you, if we don't get praise and worship right, we won't get anything else right. I got news for you. You want to know what's, what's messed up in our church right now? Our praise and worship, we're not winning the battle. We're not winning the fight. I'm just going to be sh- straight with you. I can't just yell at you and say we got to do it. I got to teach you how. So we're going to teach you next, uh, two weeks from now how to praise. Three weeks, we're going to talk about the weapon of worship. Pulling down and controlling our mind. Bringing under submission every, bringing into captivity, every thought into captivity. Bringing every thought into captivity. And then it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. On the 31st of this month, I'm going to talk about offensively weaponizing our obedience. Obedience is not just doing what we're told. It is a weapon that when we we begin to weaponize our obedience, you know what happens when you weaponize your obedience? When you weaponize your obedience, God starts telling you to do things that change the world. When God understands that your obedience is at the level that you use it as a weapon, then when you're walking through Walmart, he's going to tell you, pray for that person. You don't pray for them just because you, you, God told you to. You pray for them because it's the weapon that you use. Oh, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but I ran into somebody at Walmart last week. And God weaponized my obedience. It would have been easy to wave and say, hi, good to see you. But that good to see you became, you coming to church? Oh, well, you know that's where you belong. You know that's what you need. Guess what? They walked into church. Wednesday night, they came in, they looked at me, and they said, see, your guilt trip worked. I said, good, good. Truth was, God weaponized my obedience. They're here today. Now everybody's going, "Ah." small crowd. Let me tell you something. When you let your obedience become a weapon, when you let your worship become a weapon, when you let your praise become a weapon, when you let your prayer become a weapon, the devil's not going to be able to stop this church. If we sit back and wait for God to do something and give it to us, you know what we're going to wait on? We're going to wait on our death or the rapture. I'm sorry. 
If we only wait for God to give it, once in a while we'll get a revival, we'll have a good service, and we'll go, oh, that was great. But we're just going to check off calendar days until we're dead or, or the rapture comes back. And you will probably make it to heaven. I'm not convinced that if you, if you love God and you come, that you can't make it to heaven. But I am convinced that you're not who God wants you to be. Do you understand every time we win somebody to the Lord, we get a crown? Every time we step out for God and we affect somebody's life, we get a reward. Oh, pastor, I'm not in it for the crowns or the rewards. I am. You want to know why? It has nothing to do with me. You ever been somewhere? We're church, mostly church people here. You ever went to a service, and maybe you heard somebody get up and say, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico, and I'm going to work for the Lord, and I'm going to do a missions trip. And you go, man, that's cool. Young guy like that going. But I want to help him. There's some receipts. I still got the tag. I got a debit card. But there's no money on it. I got two credit cards, three credit cards in here that are that are cards that are accounts that are closed. I just haven't got them paid off yet. I I, I can't give to him because I don't have it. You know how much as a daddy, I would have loved last week. Said you want to go? I would have loved to go back to the guy leading the trip and pulled out a checkbook and said, here, here's eight hundred dollars. His ways paid. I'd have loved to do that. I couldn't. I didn't have it. You ever been there where they pass an offering plate and they've given some great thing that it does? You think, oh, I want to give to this, but I don't have it. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, that we're going to be given our crowns. But then we're going to take our crowns and we're going to throw them at the feet of Jesus as worship to him. Now, I don't know about you, but God has given me enough that I don't want to be standing there watching other people give God glory and say, well, I made it. You know how that comes across? That comes across like Anthony, my oldest son, who doesn't give Beth a Mother's Day card. Never does. Calls her every year on Mother's Day and says, listen, if you want a card or anything, tell Michael to get it. I gave you a holiday. He, said, if you had, she, he says, if you hadn't given birth to me, you wouldn't be a mother. Therefore, I don't need to give you anything else. Now, Michael, he says, Michael, she was already a mother before he was born, so he's got to take care of her. He says, same thing to me on Father's Day. You wouldn't have been a dad without me. As much as we laugh about that, we go, oh, that's crazy. If we attempt to go to heaven without any crowns, having won nobody, having not fought the battle but skirted in on other people's bat, blood, sweat, and tears, 
we're basically getting to heaven and saying, God, you paid for me and I made it. Congratulations, I'm here. But when we walk in, having been faithful in the battle, having won the lost, having prayed for those who needed deliverance and freedom, and God answered with healing, having prayed for those who need salvation, and we pray for them offensively, and we pray for them as a, as a weapon, and we see God bring people into the church. We can walk into the throne of God and every crown that is placed on our head for every every jewel that is put there because a life was found through our prayer. We can say, God, I give it to you. I did it for you. This is yours. If we'll walk in and understand that every time we break through the barriers with praise and worship, every time we fight through the, through the fights of, of Sunday services, and then God allows the Spirit to move and people get saved even in our church altars. It's not all just mine. It's those of you who fight through the spiritual battles in praise and worship that prepare a fertile ground in the hearts and lives of people that all of a sudden now you're receiving crowns, you're receiving celebration to give honor and glory to God. When we use our obedience to be in tune with God and answer every time he tells us to do something. Then all of a sudden, one day, we will have something to praise God with. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. I hope that you've watched this online, those of you that are here. Next Sunday, I want you to be here at 1030. I'm hearing that it's not going to snow. One channel says 46 and a little bit of rain next week. One channel says 56 and a little bit of rain next week. I like the 56 channel better. I want you to bring somebody to church. I want you to bring somebody with you. Oh, our pastor is going to talk about the weapon of prayer. I want you to hear how powerful prayer is. I want you to be here. Bring somebody. Look around. You you know the people that aren't here today. Call them this week. Oh, I know it was snowing. I, I know you probably couldn't get out, but oh, you don't want to miss. If you've got Facebook, you need to go on the Facebook page and listen to the sermon. Because we're about to go to war. I'm tired of waiting to die. I'm tired of waiting to die. I want to go to war. And we're going to be victorious. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power, for your majesty, your peace, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I want you to move in our hearts and move in our lives. Direct our steps. Bring us back tonight for our prayer service. Bring us back next week as we continue talking about the weapons of our warfare. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.